Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, me, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Owl, and I am here with... Hank Owl. Hank Owl, what are we talking about today? Uh, Well, later on, we'll be talking about The Devil All the Time, the new Netflix southern gothic movie that came out this week with robert pattinson and tom holland but for now i but now i would like to introduce a new segment uh called we don't know anything about anything which is (laughs) our our movie news segment and it is named that because it will mostly be like they announced this. Okay, cool. And it'll be like that because we have no insider information or really any helpful insight to give. But hopefully you'll be able to enjoy in the, hey, that's <laughs> coolness of it. Yeah, and we don't have any insider information at the moment. At the Who moment, yeah. We'll maybe the more, the, we, the more we do this, we'll <laughs> yeah. have so much insider information. That could be. So tell me, tell me what, <laughs> tell me what is the subject of our first... Of the first segment of this new segment. Um, it is focusing on the Happy Death Day series, which, if you're unaware, are these they're newer slasher movies uh, focus on the kind of Groundhog Day time loop kind of stuff. That's, that's a, when the first one was coming out, that was their kind of advertisement. It was, it was Groundhog Day, but horror. So, And this, this one's really... It's not a good week to start this for movie news because uh, this isn't really newsworthy. Like, Happy Death Day 3 is not greenlit. These are all just rumors. This is all what uh, the director, Christopher Landon, would like to go with the series, which is on still pretty interesting. I feel like saying it wasn't newsworthy was a little bit too much for that. But... It'll. They said it will focus. It'll be a lot different than Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You, which we both really liked. Both of those movies. Yes, I enjoyed the first one more than the second one. But yeah, they're both thumbs up for both of them. And it'll focus on a different day. Actually, the whole th- different day. I guess will be groundhogging because most of the movies they take place on our main character's birthday. And that is the day in which the time loop is going on. So now I guess we'll be moving into the future, which Michael Landon says will be a big help because they don't have to make sure all the extras are wearing the same clothes they were. So there'll be a lot less pressure on yeah, if they do that. It'll be called... Nightmare production-wise. Yeah. It'll be called Happy Death Day to Us. Ah. Now, there's two ways I feel like they could be going with that. They could be going either the direction the last one did with alternate universes and stuff like that, where it's Happy Death Day to us because there are multiple of our main set of characters. It could also be Happy Birthday, Happy Death Day to us in the form of our main character and her deceased mother, who's the same birthday. So they could do something with the whole alternate universe aspect of it with an alive version of her mother, and it could focus on their relationship. Is there is is that what you'd prefer, or is... Uh... That's partly what I... Yeah, I think I might prefer that version of it. 
Yeah, I, I thought both of those first two movies were really fun and good. And the actress whose name escapes me at the moment, she's really. Um, Let me see. Jessica Roth. Yeah, all right. Yeah, she's really talented and, you know, just has that whatever it factor that people talk about. Well, that's cool. So that, that seems exciting. If that movie gets made, we have no idea what all Jason of House Blum thinks about all this. And oh, yeah, I wonder. It seems like an odd thing to. Without having any like official news or release or a you they, know they say contracts and things like that. He's on board, but obviously it's at the the movie industry is insane right now. Why? What's going on? Well, yeah, yeah. What's going on uh, with the coronavirus pandemic? So there be something they'd like to do. No idea if they will be able to do it. I got you. Not. Well, I'm, I am I am hopeful that they will. Uh, good franchise. Would like to see more of it fun and not, not the kind of movie that you know we generally you know spend time on horror slasher films you know, yeah but but that is a good one i think they're all they're pretty they're a little bit of scary a little bit of funny i feel like they'd mainly listen as horror comedies i think i would be right with that they mainly focus on the humor it's just a nice little flick yeah but there's and there's well, i found them scary too you know in the good way the fun way uh awesome well let's uh let's talk about the movie then yeah, let's, uh, something in your uh, the brief introduction you gave a minute ago. I wanted to just uh, kind of point out. You said you know described it as Southern Gothic, and that is the feel of the movie, definitely. But it, you know, it actually doesn't even play, doesn't take place in the South, but it is certainly rural and it certainly feels Southern the whole time, right? Even yes, though it takes place like in Ohio. The other, I, I said it was Southern Gothic. Obviously, I'm not a genre expert. I wasn't like, hey, that's Southern Gothic, but that is what that is what most of the critics called it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's I think it's dead on. Even if geographically you know, it may not be in the South, that's definitely the vibe and the feel of the movie, right? Yes. So, The Devil All the Time is directed by Antonio Campos and written by Antonio and Paulo Campos, based on the book of the same name by Donald Ray Pollock, starring Robert Pattinson, Tom Holland, Bill Skarsgård, and Haley. Sinister characters converge around a young man devoted to protecting those he loves in a post-war backwoods town teeming with corruption and brutality. I will start off with my thoughts about this movie. First, I want to say that it's very it's very visually interesting. It's very good looking. It's uh, The cinematographer, uh, Lowell Crawley, is just, he, he films this movie very well. There's definitely nothing wrong with it visually. He uses... Um, actual physical film which makes it feel more real and more gritty you can notice that while watching it it definitely helps with the tone and the aesthetic they're trying to get for this movie i definitely loved when uh the frames were a bit brighter i don't know he did a good job uh with uh color contrast between the more like darker greens and browns they're everywhere and then sometimes like a bright red or pink will show up and you'll be like hey i like that 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 looks that looks interesting uh, second is the acting. This movie has an absolute uh, stacked cast all around the board. I think the few standouts, though, are uh, Tom Holland. He's definitely playing a more serious, un-Peter Parker role. And I would like to see him do more of that, because I think he did a good job. Um, the script doesn't really give him a lot to work with, like, emotionally, to convey, but he can just, I don't know, I just, he does a great job. Another one I found good was Riley Keough, 
Kia, Riley Kia. I think <laughs> yeah. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly it's at all. Her spelled K E O U G H, and I I don't know how to pronounce that either. <laughs> yes, uh, but she plays Sandy Henderson, who's kind of the um. This is an understatement, but she's kind of the wife of a serial killer, basically. And she was one of the more interesting of our major ensemble. I feel like she's more like her character is more subtle than others. She definitely changes a little bit more throughout the movie. Yeah, so she's I, got I, a little. I felt that that was a nice change of pace compared to different characters. I'm like, oh, you're not being so incredibly obvious with your, what your intentions are. Yeah, she has a nice little journey, and 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 it is a subtle journey, but she does a great job with it. I, yeah. Yes, uh, I think the real MVP of the cast was uh, Bill Skarsgård, who I think actually does a pretty moving performance as a uh, PTSD-riddled World War II veteran struggled with faith and who deals with that struggle with faith in a less-than-moral way. I think he did a good job. He wasn't really in the movie as much as you expect him to be, but I found him interesting i just i found it fun to watch and the way he conveyed the emotion this character is feeling which is a lot of it and a lot of negative emotion so you feel you're affected by his performance more than others uh the third thing this is a really small tiny thing and i'm aware that it is quite a cliche now but i enjoyed the use of the the fairly innocent older songs used in the backdrop of violence even though it is used everything but that's something I think I'll always enjoy just the nice little like change. I'm hearing something nice but I'm seeing something terrible yeah that that contradiction is is, is when done well is is, is is fun to behold yes um, so I don't think that's something I'll get tired of anytime soon this movie does this a lot some critics called that annoying I, I felt it was fun uh, the bad stuff, dis- surprisingly and disappointingly, uh, Robert Pattinson's performance was a low point for this movie. Um, a lot of critics and I feel that he was, not saying that I'm a critic, but a lot of critics and also me, general <laughs> audience guy, f- I feel like he wasn't on the same wavelength as everyone else. He feels like he's... um trying to play this character with a more over-the-top, like, comical feel that doesn't really match up with the darker tone of everything. I, I just, like, there's a contrast between him and the rest of the cast and not in a way that I found enjoyable. Also, his accent, I just... I did not enjoy his accent. He managed to just pronounce delusions like, Delusions! So I felt that accent could have been better, and it felt so overplayed and over the top compared to everyone else's accent. Uh, the second, uh, which is something I believe you liked, which is uh, the narration in this movie. The narration, which is, I think this is actually pretty cool, that it was done by the author of the book. So it's, it's cool that it's done like that. But I felt like a lot of the narration felt a little unnecessary. And it kind of took me out of the story. Like, oh, I'm getting into it. Oh, well, here's this person talking. So, yeah, that's... I. It took me out of the story. 
it feels um I wish they could sometimes it feels like he's saying things that don't need to be said that some information that isn't necessary that we could have gotten conveyed through facial expressions or through dialogue that we are instead taking a break for him to read to us he feels this way he's not doing this anymore and like we can see that he feels this way and he isn't doing this anymore uh the main the major issue in my opinion that i had with this movie is more writing wise i don't the characters were not particularly compelling to me and that has to do with the way the story is told. It follows a, like, a large ensemble of bad people and victims of bad people. We jump from storyline to storyline, but really never have enough time to care about any of the characters in the storylines before something terrible happens to them. So when that something terrible happens to them, you're not like, oh yeah, that's his comeuppance, or that shouldn't happen to them. You're like, oh, this person who I met a couple minutes ago something bad happened to him. So you don't really feel anything from that. Uh, this movie, it feels very worried about showing the evils and sins of humanity, and I feel like it should be worrying more about making those evils and sins interesting and compelling to watch. Um, after halfway through the movie, you kind of start to realize that this movie is very dark and very violent for no reason. There's no, you're looking for, at least I was looking for this in the movie. There's no grand meaning for why everything, everyone in this movie is such a bad person. Uh, they attempt to do it with some quotes like, uh, some people were born to be buried. Which I think is a quote we saw on, like, promotional images for this movie. Uh, but I, I wish they did a better job of maybe, like, this is why everyone is like this. Like, here's the, the meaning behind we are, why we are so, why everyone in this movie is so bad and so evil and so violent. It seems like the uh, Campos brothers uh, failed to find an interesting and compelling way for their characters to justify the bad things they do. And it feels like they're just trying to say that the world is a bad place filled with bad people. And I wish they found a better way to do that. It ends up being a little humorless and needlessly violent. That's just that's just how I felt about the movie while viewing it. At the end, I wish there was a little more kind of emotional substance. A lot of it feels like it's just... People are bad. <laughs> Things are bad. So the, the perfect COVID feel-good film? Oh, yeah, no, you will not feel good while watching it. Sometimes, like, you're getting used to, you're just thinking about how everything is just going terribly, and you're looking at a character like, there's no way you last more than ten minutes, the way this movie's going. And I wish, if they were going to do it like this, make it more surprising, or give us more with the characters before you decide to torture them. Yeah, so... Yeah, that's that's how I felt about the movie. I'm clearly not very positive about it, but that may be just me. I feel like this has been getting a pretty good critical reception, at least from what I've seen. Well, not a bad critical exception. It's guess what I meant. I'm fine. Middle of the road critical reception. 
So I that's that's just how I felt. What about you? Yeah, I think I think we had similar reactions uh, to the movie. I think you know this is the second movie in a row that we've we've discussed the you know based on a book, and it's interesting to think about the different styles of adaptations that the filmmakers used. Um, there's there's so much that I, having having not read the book, but and only seen the movie and and gone in blind to the movie, had never heard of it. Um, it feels like they're trying to do too much. And I think something you're talking about, the lack of time with the characters to have a strong connection with them before something horrible happens to them. I, I completely agree. And part of it, I'm sure, is just, you know, economy of, of storytelling. You know, I think we, we might meet a couple, we, we see them meet together, and then, you know, the next scene with them is they're already married with a kid. Or, you know, and that might be an exaggeration from the film, but it feels that way. And then, of course, inevitably something horrible is going to happen. Uh, but there is there is a there is a lot to like as well. Um, I I liked the narration at first. I I, I felt it kind of got in the way, but then I kind of appreciated it, and I too enjoyed the fact that the author Donald Ray Pollock was able to do the do the voice. And my guess is the his his authorial voice, you know, as you're reading the book, is probably probably a key element of the enjoyment of the novel and so they wanted to have that in there i'm not sure his voice is really good it's i really oh it is yeah (laughs) i want him to narrate more things yeah he could totally you totally totally sell me some some soap on the radio without without a doubt um so i i kind of liked it and I, i i i so but i can completely understand how other other people wouldn't uh i thought the acting was across the board Pretty pretty great. Uh, all of the actors I thought did a great job. Uh, didn't really see any winklings, but possibly with Pattinson, I think he might have been miscast. He just felt a little bit out of place in the movie. Uh, I'm not sure I can put my finger on anything he did. I mean, accents are one thing. There's so many different accents. Um, you know, I, the accent is not what bothered me. I, I didn't love it, but he just he just kind of felt a little bit miscast. You know. Um, I also enjoyed the cinematography. I thought it looked beautiful, though. And a lot of it took place outdoors. Really nice use of the light, uh, nature. Um, I thought it looked beautiful. Um, I was never bored during the film. I was always interested in what was going on, but it it does. It just kind of wears you down a little bit. Uh, so, like, something I didn't like was that tone. It just, you know, it kept going and going and going. And we're dealing, you know, as the title says, the devil all the time. That's about right. You know, it's it's people having either bad things happen to them or that they, you know, either create themselves or, or, or come into. And the religious, you know, aspect of it, you know, at the end of the movie, it's hard not to be, you know, religion is a really horrible thing. At least this rural Christianity as practiced, you know, in the 1950s and 60s. Um, or the, the form of it we get to see here, like it's... You know, it's, it can't be described as a positive influence on many of these characters' lives. Uh, that's for sure. And, you know, we'll talk about spoilers a little later on. But, you know, it is it is stark. It is very violent. Um, but, it, you know, it was interesting and well done and well made. But it just wears you down. Like, I would have loved a little laugh somewhere along the way, <laughs> you know? Yeah, at some points you're just thinking... can. Can someone feel joy? 
Yeah, right. Exactly. Could someone genuinely smile for me? Just make <laughs> me make me feel a little happy before you kill three people. Yeah, exactly. So I think I think that's my major kind of uh, note for of you know that describes my experience of it is just getting kind of worn down from all of the violence and all of the the amorality uh, yeah it just it just kind of wears you down i think we both thought this we said this not really almost at the same time but after we were viewing it we were both like this was probably a better book than a movie yeah, I would think so, because you get to spend a little more time where the characters get to really know their inner thoughts. You know, that's kind of the joy of a book that, you know, movies have a tough time doing. And there, again, it, it takes place over, you know, decades, and there's tons of characters. We have, you know, multi-generational characters, um, you know, so it's a lot, and it's a lot to kind of condense down into, you know, two hours or so. Um, so and I, I do wonder if the book, are, are there more you know, moments of humor or levity in the book, or is it also still the tone uh, down? And I, I haven't read much about the book to know to know the answer to that or not. But I'm curious to check out, you know, some sites that where people have read the book and then seen the movie. I'm, I'm curious about their thoughts to it. Maybe actually in the book, like the actual writing of it, the actual third person aspect of it, because, I mean, we both talked about the narration, but it's not in there a whole lot of the movie, maybe like you kind of, you get lost in kind of Donald Ray Pollock's like writing voice. Maybe you don't notice the like the constant negativity coming from what is going on in the book. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious. Or maybe I, the book's completely different. We don't know. We haven't read it. <laughs> exactly. We haven't read it. I am curious, like what the message of the film of the film is. You know, what are the, what is what are they trying to to get across um you know is it is it merely that you know yeah humans bad and we do bad things or you know god bad and god does bad things to humans and humans do bad things to god no, we have uh, not uh seen any other antonio campos films but yeah i'm apparently I'm this with is a subject um like the world is bad and filled with bad people is a subject he likes to play with a lot. And oh, interesting. According to what I've heard in his other movies, he does it in a lot more nuanced way. Okay. All right. Well, that's in- that's interesting. Uh, any of the films that I've I would have heard of that he's done? Uh, Christine. After School. Simon Killer. Yeah, I'm not familiar with any of those unless the Christine is the. The Stephen King book about the haunted car. They could have remade that. There was one version of that occurred, I think, in the 70s or 80s. But I, I uh, doubt that. Yeah. So, anyways, I was, I again, I'm glad it. we watched it. Um, and again, the acting, exceptional. Um, but, um, yeah, maybe, maybe it's all colored, too, from just being COVID right now, where everything feels kind of a little bit like a struggle. And nobody is at their best. I mean, there is a debate to be made about what movies benefited from the coronavirus. 
And what movies did not? Right. This may have been a movie that did not. Maybe <laughs> if the coronavirus wasn't going on, we would have been fine with plunging <laughs> yeah. into this like dark backwoods world where everyone seems to be bad in some shape or form. If like the world wasn't like, oh, are you saying that the world is bad? Yeah, look outside. We can tell the world is bad. <laughs> we already know. <laughs> um. Awesome. So, do we, shall we move forward to uh, the spoiler section, or want uh, well, to give a grade? Let's yeah. Go first, I want to see what your grade is. So, I'm going to give it a C. Uh, I enjoyed. I'm glad we saw it. I, you know, if this sounds like your cup of tea, you know, go for it. Uh, it is bleak and grim, but the acting is is great, and the and it's you know it's beautiful to look at. Um. So yeah, I, I give it a C. How about you? I also. Gave it a C. I think C will be my kind of middle of the ground. I mean, it's very... It's vi- it's visually well made. It's, it's beautiful to watch. The acting is good. So it gets there. It gets to a C. But just because of the writing and the way I didn't feel anything for any of the characters, it doesn't get any farther. This is my halfway point. This is... You made, you made a movie. It just wasn't for me. And that's and that's perfectly valid and fair. All right, so let's uh, let's talk spoilers. Let's get a little more specific now. So if you uh, you know want to avoid that, you know, go for it. And uh, we're going to start spoilers in three, two, one. And I want to start with a question to you, Hank, because this just occurred to me as we were talking. So if you're not if you don't have a ready answer, that's fine. Uh, but I'm curious of the various storylines, which which one was the most compelling for you? Like what 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 did you enjoy the most? Now I don't know if this counts as one of the storylines. This is more of the beginning setup. This is before everything kind of branched out in the craziness. But I like the beginning with Bill Skarsgård. I I felt I wished we would have maybe focused more inward on that family and we do it is the main subject of the movie but i wish we had more time with that this is kind of how i felt with birds of prey a little bit the uh the dc movie because during that movie they jump they also do a lot of jumping around and a lot differently and a lot more annoyingly at least according (laughs) to me um during that movie i wished can we just focus on harley quinn a little bit more can we just have a good through line before we start breaking out into everything. Right. And that's kind of how I felt with this. I wished we stayed with our main bunch. Kind of the opposite of that, though. I enjoyed the serial killer couple a lot. I wish... Yeah, they. that's stayed. a crazy storyline, but I, I like that as well. Uh, there's more stories to be told with them and going into the actual serial killer's psyche... Because we kind of sum it up with one line of narration, and I wish we were just like we went more into his head. And that was yeah. But though I'm not sure how. In one of the reviews I read, and I guess this is what came across a little bit. You know, is this whole idea of uh, well, I don't even know if I think we're a, a children-friendly podcast. I'm not even sure we can really broach it completely. But you know, it is serial killers, and there are sexual elements involved with the serial killing that are really disturbing and but i think these two actors um and i'm I'm wondering if i can remember their names so yeah so jason clark 
plays the Sandy's husband. He's, I guess, the 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 male of the of the serial killing team. And then uh, Riley, whose name last name we don't know how to pronounce. Uh, like they were really gr- kind of great together. Like they have a good energy. It was fun seeing them kind of pretend to be whatever they were pretending to be to lure their guests or what I think of models as they call them. Uh, like their dynamic was pretty great and her journey. And you mentioned this earlier from feeling like, you know, just being, you know, completely on board to wearing thin with the whole thing. Like that was subtly done and well done. Um, so I think their storyline was pretty interesting to me and the fact that, but I'm not sure, like the, her, you know, her brother is the sheriff, kind of the corrupt sheriff. Like, that really didn't... Oh, the sheriff Didn't was, make anything too interesting to me. Now, a lot of people think Sebastian Stan's sheriff character was a standout of the movie. Was like, but I... Like, is acting I, standout or that storyline? That storyline. Yeah, that didn't... I, I did not find that compelling at all. That was the one I was, I guess the most uninterested with okay and i feel like that's because it is the most separated from everything else he has the stuff with the people paying him but like we get a couple scenes we got one scene where he doesn't like the people who are paying him and the very next scene in his storyline is him killing the people he doesn't like i i wish I, I don't. I feel like I we're missing really steps to, in a lot of these storylines. Because of time, how do you think this would do as a miniseries? I was thinking that there's so many different storylines. Maybe it would have been good as a television series. I mean, I think that having more time to develop the storylines would would be positive. But I'm not sure I want, you know, ten hours of this bleakness. But maybe with more time, they could have added a little bit of humor, a little bit of levity. Well, could yeah, it? maybe. But uh, who knows? We'll never know. They could, <laughs> but yeah. So I, I don't, I don't need any more of this. Uh, but I, yeah, if it was a miniseries. There are probably, probably some of the things that are that I didn't enjoy about it would be alleviated to to some degree. Um, you know, just some some of the brutality of, you know, the the delusion of you know killing his wife so that he can resurrect her. You know, just like that's just so. Hardcore. The sacrificing of the dog is so hardcore. Then him killing the you know the dad killing himself on the altar is just it's just all so much you know it's just and that again that's even before you think about some of the other negatives of or you know things that happen. So I yeah um yeah that's that's that that may be about all I have to say about it. I think yeah well, um, just. The the we get I, Tom Holland's character I thought was 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 pretty great you know and f- seeing him handle this trauma of his you know dog dying his dad dying and then you know being in a position of just I mean just that what a ride that poor man went on oh yeah um, with his you know sister figure you know being seduced slash you know coerced you know is it rape i don't know but it's pretty close it's certainly an abuse of power and it's probably you know certainly statutory rape uh i would think you know it's hard to tell with the ages but um golly yeah i don't know man i feel like i need a shower even talking about it again this much sorry 
yeah, it's just it's just very sad, <laughs> very, very negative. Like I think I said out loud halfway through the movie, like this is bumming me out. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, exactly. There doesn't have to be like Marvel movie level of like jokes to break the tension, but <laughs> yeah. a little bit would be nice. Yeah. It reminds me a little. It reminds me of the opposite of, uh, and I think I come back to this a lot. So I'm, I'm sure you're tired of me saying this, but you know the advice of Stephen Sondheim gave to Lin Manuel Miranda on his songs and in, in doing Hamilton is was variety, variety, variety. Many different song styles uh, have them very different, and this there was very little variety. It was just all bleakness and and violence and and bad people doing bad things. Um, yeah, it could have used wish, just and, something. <laughs> and maybe the wrap-up at the end. I felt the wrap-up at the end could have been done better. It was mostly like, one of the characters from this storyline kills the other character from that storyline. And I wish they did a better job of tying it up. Maybe they could have tied it up with a theme, I guess. I'm still not really sure what the theme of this story is. And I wish not- it was more clear. I wish at the end of the movie they were like, oh, this amazing ray of hope i wish there was some kind of oh this is the lesson we can learn from this story of how not to be like this and there was nothing like that yeah, there that's was not the, there that's was not the movie of, they wanted to do even though that's the movie i think we, we wanted them to do yeah, so I, I think it would have been a better movie at least to me if they did something like that yeah i hear that i hear that um anything else we want to say about this one i don't um awesome man what uh what are you reading right now i'm still reading uh fragile things by new game in the collection of short stories excellent it's still very good (laughs) i mean the last podcast we recorded was yesterday i have not finished the book since then but everything i said last podcast still applies it's still very good it's still very enjoyable and i'm still in the middle of the secret history and really enjoying that so um that's that, that's where I am as well. Um, do we know what our next podcast is on? Or are we gonna gonna wait and see? That could be um, maybe Tenet next weekend. Maybe Antebellum. That's a movie that's got a lot of people talking. That looks maybe. interesting. It seems like we should we should watch that. I'm excited to see what the twist is as their advertisement. Maybe you can talk about how annoying you. you <laughs> yeah, I do get think it's annoying when they when they talk about like. And guess what? For the twist to come, like don't don't you know why don't do that to us? Let us you know just come and figure it out. You know, if we're all ready for a twist, you know I don't know. That doesn't. It seems like a silly marketing that, thing. For that me. seems. Maybe it shows that the movie is going to be worse than maybe we thought it was that they have to be like oh you're something interesting is gonna happen we promise yeah maybe it's hard i think it's hard to read in but that that could be it i'm gonna make a push for and i just thought of this of that the netflix social media documentary i think we should watch that and do that but we'll we'll figure it out soon uh in the meantime thank you so much for listening to the owls on culture podcast if you want uh, some more information about the podcast and the other things that pinecone turkey is doing please go to pineconeturkey.com and sign up for the flock email. And in the meantime, uh, everybody being kind to other people. Everybody's struggling right now. And until we meet again. Maybe you can prove to us and prove to the Campos brothers that the world is not a bad place full of bad people. And you know what? If it is... Add some meaning to it. (laughs) Words of wisdom right there. 
<laughs> all right. We'll see y'all guys soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Cerzier and Antoine Duran. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com, where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the Flock email, a twice-a-month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, a short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening.